All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. everybody welcome to a holiday episode for dropping the gloves thank you for joining us we appreciate your support we're the official podcast of hockeyfights.com here we go tim it's thanksgiving in the united states of america tomorrow so with that being said we thought we'd do a little thanksgiving episode i know thanksgiving in canada was last month i get it i used to celebrate it double thanksgiving but we're only going to do it for the united thanksgiving thanksgiving this year just because why not who cares i think most of our listeners are i don't know is it 50 50 canada usa the people who listen to the show it's like 80 percent u.s something like that. is it yeah well then it's very appropriate uh, that we're doing it for the american thanksgiving so here we go we thought we would just go through every team the whole, all the teams all 31 teams now every team in the nhl is it 32 teams 31. Uh, no, it's 32 now. But yeah, you're right. It's 32. All 32 teams in the NHL, what every team should be thankful for. And it's tough. It really is tough. You get to some teams, it's like, gosh, there's nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. So we're trying to look on the brighter things of the situation. You know, we always kind of focus on the negative things because that's what's fun to talk about. Teams are doing bad. Players are doing bad. What they need to change, what they need to work on, this and that. That's really good, you know, stuff to talk about, good fodder. It's hard to talk about good things sometimes. So today we're going to keep it positive. We're going to keep it fresh. We're thankful for everything. Everybody's very lucky. Me and Tim are very thankful for a lot of things. And so should these teams be thankful. So let's kick it off, Tim. Why don't you start it off? We're going we're gonna to go team by team. Tim took half the league. I took the other half. We took separate divisions. Tim took the, took the Atlantic and the Central. I took the Metro and, of course, everyone's favorite Pacific, the best division in the whole world, apparently, according to that uh, Twitter listener, or one of our fans who wrote in. So I took those two divisions. Tim, why don't you kick us off? What should the Bo- – I know you're going to start with Boston. And you could Only- probably – the whole show, the whole show could be Boston. But let's just keep it pretty, you know, succinct. A couple minutes on Boston, if if you can, Tim. It could. And I'm only doing Boston first because I'm doing Atlantic Division first, alphabetical order. Boston's number one. That's just the way it is. It works out sometimes. Sure it is. Just, sure it is. That's, what, that's what I'm thankful for. Um, so <laughs> I'm uh, – this. I'll keep it simple, the perfection line. Uh, I know it's an obvious thing that that top line they had, Bergeron, Marshall, and Pasternak, 
it's incredible to watch them night in and night out. And then you, you watch, like, you look at the stat sheets after. The Bruins have scored I – I can't do the math in my head. Um, but the, <laughs> the perfection line is, has 19 goals this year. The rest of the team combined has 26. So they're accounting for, like, 40 45% of, of all team goals, just those three guys. Um, and they're they're underpaid. They're, they're all signed a team-friendly deal. So this is a lot to be thankful for in Boston. So that's why I'll keep it simple and short, the perfection line. Very good, Tim. I keep it short with Boston. I'm I'm going to start with the Seattle Kraken. I'm going to start in the Pacific, my my favorite division, as as I like to talk about. You know, I, I think they had better expectations coming into this year. Obviously, they want to be the Vegas Golden Knights of 2021-22, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, they they got these goaltenders, Grubauer. They thought he was going to be great. Chris Dreger is a Craig Dreger, Dreger, who knows, who cares? They've been garbage to date. They, they've been, um, what's the kind word to say? No garbage is good. What, what Seattle can be thankful for, I think, is just a shiny new car smell. You're a new team. Maybe you didn't think you were going to have a franchise even three years ago, even last year. It kind of came out of nowhere, the Seattle Kraken. You picked a great team name, in my opinion. You got a great shiny new arena. Everybody's raving about it. I just think you should be thankful that you're the new kids on the block, you're somewhat competitive, and you got a new team. So be thankful for that, Seattle Kraken fans. You, you're in the game, baby. You know what I mean? You got some money on the table. And so I think that's what you should be thankful for if you're Seattle Kraken, because there's not a lot on ice stuff you should be thankful for. Not a lot of guys have produced. Not a lot of, not a lot of stuff to write home about. You know, maybe Chris Tanev scored a couple goals. That's about it. But that, that's all you should be thankful for is that you're, you're in the game, Seattle. That's all I got for them, Tim. So I got Buffalo next. And this is one of those teams with like, oh, geez, what do they have to be thankful for? But as I thought about it more, I think they are pumped and very thankful to be rid of Jack Eichel. That whole drama is over. We're at the, the series finale of Jen Eichel Hospital. And it's finally done. The distractions are over. They can just focus on what they have in front of them, which is being a really bad hockey team and losing a lot of games. But I think for the players, like I actually watched uh, a Sabres game over the weekend. I forget who they were playing, Columbus. Um, and the guys looked happy. Like they were pumped in the tunnel. They were down like four to two, and they were just like joking around with each other. And I guess when you're having a season like you have, you have to find ways to to motivate yourself and everything like that. And uh, yeah, I think just to be rid of Eichel and that whole thing is the whole saga is done. I think they're thankful for that. It's as the Eichel turns. That's better. <laughs> yeah. But Jen Eichel hospital has got like the, it's like a pun. It's like a, a word thing. No, I get what you're trying to do there. Could you try again? It doesn't work. Am I talking to your Siri? Yeah. You just turned my Siri on. That's right. I'm turning all the phones on today. Anyway, sorry, Buffalo. My second team that I'm that I'm going to do what they're thankful for this year from the Pacific Division. You know, let's go to Anaheim. They have a lot to be thankful for. Coming into this season, everyone thought it was going to be another just dud of a season. They they've been playing the same old plodding hockey for years now. They they've just been very boring to watch. Just a very uninspiring hockey all of a sudden this year they came out and they've just been a completely different team Tim and I think you should be excited in Anaheim and thankful for a transition I think you can see the light if you're Anaheim do I think they'll maintain this pace no but they have some good young players Zagras Terry Drysdale Getzlaff is playing better 
But I think at the end of the day, what you should be thankful for is you have potentially the greatest hockey player on the planet playing for you and Isaac Lindstrom. Um, what a gift, a gift from God. He has come in there and he has really just transformed his whole team. He has grabbed everybody by, by their collars and said, follow me, fellas. I'll lead you into battle. And gosh, he's inspiring. He inspires me every day. Every day I wake up, I think of Isaac Lundstrom. And I'm thankful for that. And Anaheim should be thankful for that. And the whole entire NHL should be thankful for the existence of Isaac Lundstrom. There you go. You're welcome. Thank you, John. That was beautiful. Um, no. I'm going to go to Detroit next. They are thankful for their rookies, similar to Anaheim there. Uh, Mo Sider, friend of the show, and Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond has seven goals, 19 points in 20 games, five power play points. Sider's got two goals, 13 points, six power play points. These guys are both the top two favorites for the Calder Trophy. Um, Raymond's the favorite with plus 225. Sider's plus 550 right behind them. We talked in the past about how Detroit's kind of building for the future, how strong their young core is. And I don't know that anyone expected they'd be this good this early. So not that they're close to being like a serious contender yet, but this is awesome what they're seeing from these rookies. So I think Detroit's very thankful from that. I agree so much. The future for Detroit is bright. And maybe you could have slid in Stevie Eiserman there too. Thankful. I'm trying to weasel some tickets from Steve Eiserman. I want to go to a Red Wings game next week. And so I don't want to pay for the tickets. (laughs) And I I, I want to take um, a friend of mine in town. We want to bring our families down. And so the two of our families combined, we need 15 tickets. And so I'm trying to get Stevie Y. He's like, I can get you two, maybe four. But I'm like, Stevie, baby, I need 15. So you need a box. <laughs> I, the negotiation continues, but it, you know, we'll see. I'm picking a non-prime game to go to, maybe a Wednesday night game next week versus Seattle. That's the one I'm circling on my calendar. Maybe I can get 15 free, free games. But anyways, that, that's a whole. I'm hopefully we'll be thankful for that next episode when that confirmation comes through. Let's let's shift um, shift to the Edmonton Oilers. You know, much like the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, they do have a lot to be thankful for. People, they they did have expectations, but I'm just going to keep it simple with Anaheim. You have to be thankful for having the two best players on the planet Earth right now with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreinsidel. Like, they will be battling it out for heart trophies for years to come. They are neck and neck. I don't know what you would take. It's, It's six of one, half a dozen of another. They're the best players in the world. And you have both of them on the same team. It's, it's unheard of. They have accounted for, I would say, 30 of Edmonton's 68 goals. So you mentioned who had the other 19 of whatever goals for the Boston Bruins, a perfection line. That's three guys. These two players have 30 of 68. So almost 50% of the goals, much more than 42%. It's, it's incredible what these two guys are doing. What are you shaking your head for? You say 30 of 68 is what percent? Much more than 42. Let me do the quick mass. Math. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's two four, guys. So. 44% of the goals coming from two guys rather than 42 okay. coming from three. I'm not a mathematician, but I think that's better. So the fact that Edmonton has this much production from two guys, they have to be thankful for that because boy, oh boy, what a luxury to be able to just have those two guys anchor two lines and just plug and play. It's like, all right, boys, go score half our goals tonight and we'll try to 
cobble together some other goals from these other 11 schlubs that we put next to you. So, yes, Edmonton, be thankful for the gift that you have in McDyckel and Dreinsidel. Did I call him McDyckel? I don't know half the words you just said. He's a combination of Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid. If they ever have a baby, it'll be called McDyckel. <laughs> okay. That's really uh, funny. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, I like that. Florida. Florida. You know what they're thankful for? They're thankful for a lot of things. Their first name. Connor McDyckel. <laughs> Janner McDyckel. <laughs> That's so funny to me. I don't know why. Who are you guys going uh, over with later? Oh, John or McDyckel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, who do you got, Tim? Uh, Florida um, is thankful for Sergey Bobrovsky. He's hasn't lost in regulation yet. He's 8-0-2. Oh, wow. Goals against is below 2. It was 1.99, which, by the way, I was looking at this last night. There were like eight or nine goalies in the league right now with goals against under two and all starters, like good sample size. It's kind of crazy. Um, 937 save percentage. And I think he's, you know, they, they drafted Spencer Knight in the first round. He was like the hot shot in the playoffs and the and team USA and all that. And Bobrovsky is basically sending a message saying, this is my net. You're not, I'm not going anywhere. This is, this is my team right now. Um, which I think is pretty cool. We've seen, you know, examples of veterans who, who pick it up, um, and step it up when they have like a talented younger player, you know, waiting in the wings. They they feel the pressure and they and they elevate their game. And this is what Provovsky's done. So Florida's first in their division. They got to be pumped about that. I'm going to piggyback off of that with the whole defense and goaltender situation. My my uh, next team I'm going to do is the Calgary Flames, and they should be thankful for. I think the obvious answer is is Jakob Markstrom, but I think they need to be thankful for Daryl Sutter, their head coach. He got he has come into a team in the Calgary Flames where it's just much like Anaheim where they've just they they throw out the same players year after year. It's like throwing stuff at a wall and hopefully it sticks. Whatever Daryl Sutter has done this year, it's sticking. They are the best defensive team in the league. They haven't sacrificed offense. They're still scoring at a pretty good rate. I think they're top 10 in the league right now. The amazing thing the Calgary Flames are doing right now, they have seven shutouts in 20 NHL games. Almost half of their games are shutouts for a win. It's it's amazing to think about that. They played 20 games and the other team hasn't scored seven times. Isn't that insane to you? It's, it's insane to me. Yeah. In this day and age where we value offense, there's so many penalties or so many like power plays, seven shutouts in 20 games. So and that's all because of Daryl Sutter. Yes, Markstrom's been playing great. Vlader, Darth Vlader, has gotten two shutouts. Markstrom's got five. Whatever Daryl Sutter is doing in Calgary, he's doing an amazing job. He should be coach of the year this year just based on the first 20 games of the season. So be thankful for Daryl Sutter. Everybody laughed at him when he was hired. He's like, oh, why are you bringing in this old fuddy-duddy? He, he's old school. We want a new school coach. We want a Sheldon Keefe who's going to have the analytics and this and that. And we're going to be behind the times if you bring in Daryl Sutter. Well, look again. You're one of the best teams in the NHL right now. You have the best defensive team in the league. Your offense is playing great. And you're doing it in a style that Daryl Sutter likes, which is a hard grinding out, throw it in the corner, dump and chase. We're going to body it till you die type of game. And it's beautiful. So be thankful for Daryl Sutter and that your GM had the chutzpah to bring him in because he wasn't everybody's most popular choice when they hired him. Okay. I'm going to go with another team that I had trouble thinking about a positive thing for the Montreal Canadiens. 
Um, not a whole lot going right for them this year. And you look at the players, a coach, whatever. So I'm going to throw it back. They are thankful that they got to experience what they did experience last year. Last year's success, because it's looking more and more every day like it was a fluke. Um, the team has been so bad. And all the things that went right for them last year is like completely the opposite now. Jeff Petrie, for example, he was getting Norris votes last year. He was in, he was in that conversation. He's got zero goals, two assists. He's dashed forward. He doesn't look anything like the player he was last year. And you kind of think about like how much did he benefit from playing with Shea Weber and maybe uh, Cole Caulfield, who had zero goals this season, was already sent down and called back up after lighting the world on fire when he was called up last year and made his NHL debut. So, um, yeah, there's not a whole lot to be thankful for this year. Just be thankful for last year and don't don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Right. They're that also was late. A, right. I was, go ahead. Is this the positive part that you're going to is this the only positive piece? Uh <laughs> they're also thankful for Ottawa Senators because because of them, they're not in last place. So they well, don't look quite as bad. That's a positive because everything else was pretty super negative. <laughs> but in you are Montreal. Like, what do you have to be positive about? Maybe the fact that Mark Bergerman might not be your GM, hopefully soon. That that's could be thankful for that, but at the point he hasn't gone anywhere. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be moving on to the Vegas Golden Knights tip. Um, I think they should be thankful for the fact that it's an 82 game season. They started the the year off not so ideally. You know, they were they were supposed to be the the team to beat. I picked them to set the record for most wins in an NHL season. They're not doing it. They are struggling right now. And by golly, thankful it's 82 games and not 22, not a lockout shortened season, not a COVID shortened season. They got 82 games to write the ship. And thankfully they're in the Pacific division where they can do that. And you know what else they should be thankful for? They should be thankful for Buffalo. And they should be thankful for Buffalo, just maybe panicking a little bit, maybe wanting to get rid of the Jack Eichel debacle, because I believe they have fleeced the Buffalo Sabres and they have got a fantastic talent in Jack Eichel, who will be the cornerstone for the Vegas Golden Knights for years to come. So be thankful for Buffalo and that it's an 82 game season and we shouldn't panic because we got lots of runway there, Vegas, to kind of find our game. Everybody gets healthy and we will be a factor come playoffs. That was great. So with Montreal, I said thankful for the past. Now with Ottawa, I'm going the other way. I'm thankful for the future and then and the potential that I see here. Um, because there's really just no expectations with this team this year. They're in last place in the division. There's no pressure. You've got all these young guys under contract that are just getting a ton of ice time, getting a ton of leadership roles, position. They're playing in all situations. It's super valuable to to have that kind of experience at a young age. Um, you got you know the Kachucks and the. Bathersons and the Shabbats of the world and um, shalom. They have, shalom. They have tons of cap space too. They have 12 expiring contracts this coming season. So they can bring in some more talent, bring in some leadership. And um, they have arguably the brightest future in the league. So it's a lot of fun to watch these kids and they're thankful for the future. <sighs> That's nice. That was beautiful. Welcome. Um, I'm going to move on to the San Jose Sharks. My former team, again, the Pacific division, they have a lot of teams. It's, it's, uh, it's tough to see the silver lining there. It really is. With San Jose, I was thinking about James Reimer. He's had a very good start to the season. His, his goals against is really, I don't know what the exact percentage is, or I think it's in the ones. His save percentage is high nines, 9.4. So he's having a very, very good season. That's unexpected. I think what San Jose has to be thankful for is the old adage that time marches on. You know, one day we'll be rid of these contracts. In six or seven years, 
So be thankful for that. We're not, we're not stagnant. We're not standing still. One day, you'll be able to sign a good player to a, to a good contract. It won't be today. It won't be tomorrow. It won't be this year. It won't be three years from now. In seven years, you'll be able to sign some players because you'll rid yourself of Mark Edward Vlasic, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns. They're good players, good guys, bad contracts. So just be thankful for time marching on San Jose. I know it's hard to hear, but be thankful for that. Tampa Bay is thankful for one thing and one thing only, and that is the LTIR, right? So this last year, obviously, they played a little bit of uh, hoodwinked the league with the Kucherov on the LTIR, didn't count against the cap, made a bunch of moves up a deadline, bring him back, our you know top five player in the world. And this is how big a reason why they won last year. Kucherov now is back on the LTIR with another legit injury. Um, and they're able to make some moves. They'd actually be over the cap right now if he was healthy. Um, So they got some finagling more to do, but getting rid of um, Tyler Johnson, which, you know, they needed to do this year. They had to move some cap. They were able to get rid of him by trading for Brent Seabrook, who they immediately placed on the LTIR. So this has been, they've made good use of that. Um, And, you know, they've obviously had an incredible team, best goal in the world, maybe best defenseman, but, the thing that they've done better than anyone else is make use of uh, the cap and the LTIR. So they're thankful for that. Imagine if there wasn't an LTIR, how in trouble they would be. It'd be, it'd be chaos. Absolute chaos. So very good, Tim. You're good at these. Gosh, I'm thankful for you. You're so good. (laughs) All right. I'm moving on to LA. I mentioned it earlier with Vegas. I think LA should be thankful that they're just playing in the Pacific division. Because I feel like if they were in any any other division, they would be they'd be in last place. But be thankful you you have to get to play the Vancouver Canucks, the San Jose Sharks, the Seattle Kraken on a pretty regular basis. And yes, they they have a bright future ahead of them. You know, they their young stud Byfield, he's he's out, he's injured. That that's kind of crummy. Kopitar had a good start. Doughty had a good start. That's pretty great. But just be thankful you're in the Pacific Division. I, I think at the end of the day, even after that listener's tweet, I get it. The Pacific still has some pretty garbage teams. Yes, they have some good teams in Calgary and Edmonton, Vegas. You still got Seattle. You still got Vancouver. You still have San Jose. Not good. Not good teams. So be thankful you have those other teams to kind of boost up your confidence a little bit, LA, because you need it. If you didn't, you'd be in a bad spot right now. So that's, that's what you be, should be thankful for, Los Angeles Kings. I'm going a little bit outside the box with this one for my Ooh. final one in the Atlantic Division. Um, Toronto is thankful for Florida having an incredible season, and here's why. That's strange. Part of what I think the pressure these guys have is they just dominate in the regular season. Everyone said, oh, this is the year. Look how good they are. They're going to continue into the playoffs. And then they don't. So I think part of the pressure that comes with that is that that regular season dominance is the expectation that they can do it in the postseason. So hopefully for them, for their sake, they don't win the division this year. Florida keeps running with with it. Toronto finishes second or third in the division. And instead, they just have a regular old great season with good players and and pretty high expectation, but not that enormous pressure that comes with winning your division. That might help these guys get out of their head a little bit. Um, And I think it would. So I think if they can just keep doing what they're doing, make a playoff team, make a playoff spot and not have the the pressure that comes with winning the division will hopefully alleviate some of that. So what do you think? Thankful for not being good. No, no. I, I just said, I hope they have a great season, but if they don't finish first in the division, less pressure. 
I think, I think it's a good thing for that group. Thankful for mediocrity. That's a very millennial okay. thing for you to say. Okay. That's millennial. I'm on the bingo board now. John calling Tim a millennial. Well, it fits. Hey, when the shoe fits, when the millennial shoe fits, you wear it. I'm going to stick in Canada. I'm going to go to the, the West coast of Vancouver Canucks. I have nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Everything about this team is bad. Um, be thankful. I guess the only thing you can be thankful for is the amazing sushi in Vancouver. Everything about this team is terrible from top to bottom, not even the players organization, everything. It's awful. Nobody is playing well. It's, it's a not a fun time to be in Vancouver right now. The, the players are, are playing terribly. They have no, no chutzpah. No one's hungry. I think they're eating too much sushi, Tim. So, you know what? You know what the problem is? Ding dong, DoorDash is here. I think they have too many DoorDash apps in Vancouver, if that's possible, because the players are not hungry whatsoever. You know why? Because DoorDash gets the food to you and it gets to you fast. After the Vancouver Canucks lose a game or have a bad practice, which happens all the time, they eat their feelings. And they go on the DoorDash app and they use our promo code because they all listen to the show. I know that. JT Miller, friend of the show. Tyler Myers, friend of the show. We've had a lot of Vancouver Canucks on the show. And um, they all use the DoorDash app and they've all used our promo codes because it saves you money and it gets you food there quick. Use promo code GloVESDD if you're in Canada, GloVESDD US if you're in the United States. You get 25% off. You get free delivery on your first order. It's an amazing deal. The Vancouver Canucks have been using it maybe a little too much. If that's possible, like I said, but you shouldn't, you should use it all the time because DoorDash is a good company. You get good food at a cheap price and it gets you there fast. You get food in your belly. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's an honest, no brainer win for everybody involved. DoorDash company food to me, food in my mouth. Good. I pay them a little bit of money. I get money off because I listen to dropping the gloves. I use the promo codes. Just do it. It's, it's a very simple equation. Do it. Vancouver Canucks. Stop doing it so much because you're terrible at hockey right now. All right, moving on. Moving on. Um, we're going to the Central Division now, starting with Arizona. And, man, they don't have much of anything to be thankful for. Even their, their young studs of last year, like Jacob Chitron, is doing nothing. So if I'm them, I'm thankful that the season's already 25% over. And they're you know that much closer to this little nightmare being over. And hopefully they can – start fresh next year and offload some contracts and bring in some younger talent. Um, but that's about all I have to say about Arizona. It's a tough scenario, like uh, much like Vancouver. It's tough sledding. Like it, it really is. Let's, let's go to happier times. I'm going to move on to the metropolitan division. I'm going to start with the Carolina hurricanes. They're in first place in the Metro. They have so much to be thankful for, but I I think they should be thankful for new beginnings. There's a lot of question marks in Carolina, after last season, the GM kind of bold lets his best defenseman walk away. Let's all his goaltenders walk away. Very, very risky moves. Switch to this year. Freddie Anderson comes in. Tony Delangelo comes in. Both of them just playing lights out. You won't even notice that those guys are gone. Nedekovich was the goaltender of the future. Freddie Anderson is just playing great hockey. Dougie Hamilton, arguably one of the best defensemen in the NHL, does everything. Tony Delangelo, a castaway from the Rangers. He comes in anchoring the power play, playing great hockey. Who's Dougie Hamilton? So 
they should be thankful for new beginnings because those two guys are stirring the drink in Carolina right now. They're a big part of the reason why they are 14 and two or whatever they are doing. I think it's 18 and two. Their record's insane right now. They're the best team in the NHL. And it's because of their GM having trust in these two guys. And it's just an amazing new beginning for these two guys. Very good. I'm going to go with Chicago next. Um, I'm thankful and they're thankful for a new head coach. They were one nine and two with Colleton when he was fired. Okay. So since they've been, since he was fired, they brought in uh, what's his name. They're five and two now. Um, so they've, they've won five out of seven. They're playing really well. Uh, seems like a, a different team under, and even Fleury's playing better too, although he had a kind of stinker the other night. Uh, by the way, did you see um, Kirby Doc's fight last night? I did not. Oh my gosh. You got to watch it. He fought uh, Blake Coleman. It was good. He won. Uh, yeah, he was, they were throwing haymakers. Like another, just two guys didn't know how to defend themselves. They were just both just tossing all their weight behind it. And it was a really good example. I don't remember seeing this much of an example of a guy using his height. Like he was punching downhill on Blake Coleman. It was really cool to see. And it happened because um, Coleman hit one of his guys, like kind of from behind, just sort of a, a bad hit on the board. Not that bad, but Doc didn't like it. And he's like, hey, let's go. And uh, he, hit, he hit the Brinkett. The Brinkett. There it is. Yeah. Are you watching now? I'm watching. And, and Coleman is not a, a slouch. Like he, no. he can chuck him pretty good, but Kirby Doc, Western Canadian boy, he knows how to get down. Keep going. Sorry, I'm, I'm dumping on your point. No, no, no. I'm, I'm done. I want to see your reaction to this fight. It, Coleman didn't drop his glove. I don't understand why he didn't drop his left glove. If he didn't know there was going to be a fight after that hit, he didn't look like he wanted to fight. But yeah, good on Kirby Doc. First shift of the game, too. One minute into the game, setting the tone. Kirby gets a little bloodied up, but yeah, good fight. Good for him. He's only 20, 21 years old. I liked it. I liked it a lot. The best fights nowadays, and I, I think I said this a few weeks ago, are from the guys who don't know how to fight or who don't fight that often because fighters these days, all they do is protect themselves. They're so worried about getting hit, and they, they just have s- such good defense where it just affects their offense. And when you see a fight like that, it's like, that's how it used to be. We saw Debrinket and Yanni Gord do it last week where I was like, I love this fight. It's an absolute just – all out, I want to knock your head off contest. And it was beautiful. And those two guys who were five foot ten. So it's great. I love it. They just saw Daryl Sutter on the clip. I love Daryl Sutter. It's great. You know what I made the all did you know I made the all-star game in 2016? You well, everyone does, right? No, only a select few. The best of the oh, best. Oh wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. Kind of, yeah, I won the MVP. You should check it out. I um I ran into Daryl Sutter in the hotel because he was a coach of the Pacific team, which I was on, the captain of. So he calls me over and we have this talk and we had a long talk. It was great. Five, 10, 15 minutes. And I'll keep most of it between us, but he was just a great guy. And he just said, everybody wants to play with you. Basically, I'm going to do you good. I'm going to put you in a good position. And he just, we just chopped it up for like 15 minutes and it was just really cool. So I just like great guy, great guy all around. All right. I'm going to next jump to the Washington Capitals. And this one hurts my soul, Tim. I, I really wanted Washington to be bad this year for whatever reason. I really did. And maybe they'll, they'll turn out to be the team that I want them to be. But they're not. They're playing good hockey. They're in second place in the Metropolitan Division, which is quite possibly the best division in hockey, maybe of all time. Um, they're doing it because of the Russian machine. And Ovi made a comment a few years back, the Russian machine never breaks. 
And I'm a firm believer in that. So be thankful for Russia and the Russian machine and the Russian machine never breaking to be exact. He has 15 goals, 15 assists, 30 points in 19 games. He's plus 13. He does it all. You know, he's there. He hits, he back checks. He is having an unbelievable season. So be thankful for Ovi and the Russian machine never breaking. I, I was trying to think of something clever to kind of throw shade at Ovi in the capitals. I can't. He's having an unbelievable season. He's proving all of his doubters wrong. But like I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We're only, we're only 19 games in. Anything can happen. But boy, oh boy, is that Russian machine. He's firing an all-cylinder right now, Tim. And it's making me look rather foolish. I think all of us a little foolish because we all predicted Washington to take a step back. So be thankful for whatever OV is doing because it certainly is working right now. He's going to be closer to 50 games than 30 games when this is all done. Thir- goals? Games? Yeah, 30 goals, goals. yeah, goals. He, he's going to be pushing 60, 70 goals if he keeps this pace up. My goodness. All right, I got Colorado next. And this one comes with a little bit of a caveat. But right now, I'm thankful for Nazem Kadri. So McKinnon, out there, you know, they have a, a couple big superstars, but he's their guy. He's their, he's their stallion. And, and he's out. So Nazem Kadri has been... Uh, stepping up offensively. He's currently on a nine-game point streak, during which he's had 19 points, which is just absolutely wild. He's got 23 points total, which is tied with Johnny Gaudreau for fourth in the league. And uh, Colorado's won five games in a row. They're still, I think, fourth or fifth place in their division just because of the slow start they had. But they're looking real good. And Nazem Kadri's a huge reason behind that. The caveat being, as thankful as they are for him now, they need him to stay on the ice and on the team in the playoffs. He doesn't have to do what he's doing now. He doesn't have to put up like two points a game or anything like that, but he's got to be able to stay on the roster and not get suspended and, uh, and, you know, ruin the, all the different line combinations they have. So stay on the ice, stay healthy, don't get suspended. And, uh, but right now it's looking good. So they're thankful for Nazem. The New York Rangers, the New York Rangers, you know, they, they've had a, a good start. They've had good players. You know, Adam Fox is playing well. Igor Shosturkin's turning out to be a pretty good goalie for them. But what I think they have to be thankful for is just all the distractions in New York. There's a lot going on. It's the Big Apple. You got the Rockefeller Center, the the big tree, the ice rink. You got Broadway, all the plays, the glitz, the glamour. You got Times Square. That's really cool. The Statue of Liberty all the huge buildings. There's a lot going on in New York city and it's great. You know why? Why? It's distracting everybody from how bad the rookies have been. Capo Kaka, their first, first round pick from a few years ago and Alex Safranier, their first overall pick last year, any other city, the fact that these two guys haven't been playing well or producing, it would be front page news. They would be getting questioned every single day. What's wrong? What's going on? Why aren't you succeeding? But these two guys are getting time to develop. And I think that's what they need. They obviously weren't ready for the NHL. They jumped right in. They haven't produced at all for like a number one overall pick. Should be should be playing lights out. Capo Caco, I think, was second overall. He hasn't been playing well at all. So I think the distractions are good for these two guys. Caco has been playing well of late, five points in the last four games. The previous 10 games, though, zero points. Lafreniere still hasn't found his game. So hopefully they find their game and then they start to play like they should play. But the fact that they're in the New York Rangers area, the, the times square, the Madison square gardens, it's good for them. If they were in any other market, 
people would be up their ASS all the time asking what's wrong. Why aren't you producing? There would be calls for them to be traded this and that, send them down. Imagine if you put Lafreniere in Toronto right now and he's having the start to his career that he's having like there'd be beep, beep, beep. Like there'd be sirens going off everywhere. Like what's happening with this guy? What's wrong with him? No one said anything about him at all. Have you heard anything? Any, any headlines, any articles, nothing. It's because he's playing for the New York Rangers and there's a lot of stuff going on and nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. So that is a blessing in disguise playing in that big city. There's no pressure. These kids will find their way. They'll figure it out. They're good hockey players. And it's a blessing. They should be thankful for playing in a market where they aren't the top dog. Because if you were playing in a market where you were the only, you know, horse in town, you you would be feeling the pressure right now to kind of produce. So I bet you didn't think I was going there. Did you, Tim, when I started that off? I didn't know where you were going. We started talking about the Statue of Liberty in Times Square. I, had... I was I was trying to think of all the the attractions in New York, and there's a lot of them. What's that big Empire State Building? That's what I was. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all. That's the Rangers. All right, I'm going with Dallas. I actually watched Dallas last night because they were playing Edmonton. I wanted to watch you know McDavid and Drysaitel, and um, it was a pretty good game. Dallas looked really good, and you know who stood out to me? Not no surprise, probably their best player, Miro Heiskanen. Um, Absolute stud. He was blocking shots. He was putting his sticks in the lane, breaking up plays. He was driving the offense. He was breaking the puck up and then through a neutral zone. And he's keeping up with McDavid. Um, and there's this one player, remember, McDavid's like doing what he does, gaining, gaining speed through the neutral zone. And he basically tried to like swing around to the left on his strong side around the defenseman. And then the last second, you could see the, the stick just poke through and knock the puck into the corner. And I was like, wow. Like, I thought McDavid was gone. And I saw that it was Heisman, of course. And this, my, probably the only guy on the team that would have been able to make that play, just to have that little tiny half step to keep up with McDavid and just reach out just far enough to break up the play. Um, he's an absolute stud. And they ended McDavid's um, – Point streak at 17 last night, which is pretty cool. And Heiskin is still only 22 years old. He's he's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I think they're, they're pumped to have him, especially with Klingberg being in a contract season. He has not looked the same. Heiskin is definitely the defenseman of the future and the present. I like that. He doesn't get much praise, Heiskin, tucked away in Dallas. He's a good little defenseman, big defenseman. He's a tall kid. <clears throat> I'm going to move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, there's a lot of question marks around Columbus coming into this season. Um, how was this team going to respond? They, they got rid of their coach, John Tortorella. He was kind of the face of the franchise, as strange as that seems when you have a coach to be the face of your franchise. But that's what John Tortorella was. He was very bombastic. He always had a quote. He was just he was just loud. And I think they should be thankful that John Tortorella is not there anymore. The guys in the locker room, as soon as Torts walked away, I guarantee through a little party. Ever since he's been gone, the offense is up. Borkstrom is having a career year to date. He's leading the team in points. Voracek is there. He's there. What are you laughing at? Who? Who was the first player he said? Bjorkstrand. <laughs> Thank you. That's just better. Yeah. Voracek's <laughs> there. He's He's got 15 points. Four of them are assists. 14 of them are assists. Excuse me. He's there, like the perennial setup guy. So I just think they should be thankful for no John Tortorella. Nobody yelling at you every single day. You can maybe take a breath when you're in the locker room. You don't have to always look over your shoulder. Is Torts coming in? What's going on? Is he going to see something I don't like? It, it's it's nerve-wracking to play for John Tortorella because he is just always, always intense. It, it's I, I played for him. I know. It, 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 it takes a couple of years off your life to play for John Tortorella. So they should be thankful that they're away from him. They got a more relaxed coach and it's showing they're playing more relaxed. Patrick Lyon still hasn't been scoring like he should, but he's showing signs of coming back to the player he is. Uh, and they're playing well. 
Bjorkstrand, Voracek, those guys, they're they're kind of carrying the team right now. So that's that's it for Columbus. I'm going to go with Minnesota next. Um, and I'm going to say Kirill Kaprizov. And it's funny, we talked about him last week, kind of having a little bit of a slower star in the gold scoring column. But I looked it up. You know, he's actually got 18 points in 18 games, only five goals, but he's still producing, leaving right where he left off last year, showing that last year wasn't a fluke. Um, he really is this good. And it's been I don't know, at least a decade since the Wild have had like a legit, exciting superstar probably since Gabryk, right? And then before that, who do they have? You know, so it's 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 pretty cool. It's excited for them to have a, a, a game changer, a playmaker, a, a guy that's worth, you know, the price of admission. Watch what he does. So, um, yeah, they're thankful for Kaprizov for sure. I agree. I'm going to move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, they, they're a tough team to wrap my head around. They started the season great without Crosby and Malkin and Latang was out. Then they get those guys back minus Malkin, and they've been struggling. So it's like, gosh, what do we be thankful for? You know what they're thankful for? They're thankful for, oh, Canada. I don't know what they did when they went to Canada. They just went on a three-game road street, road trip, swept all three games. They beat Montreal. They beat Toronto. They beat Winnipeg. They went into Canada being second last in their division. They come back. They're in the playoff spot. Everybody's great. Everybody knows what the Thanksgiving barrier means. Once you hit Thanksgiving, if you're in a playoff position, there's a 77.5% chance you'll make the playoffs when the season ends. So it's a big deal. They came back from Canada. They're in fourth place. They're in a playoff position. They're they're feeling good about themselves. All thanks to crossing the border. I don't know what it was. They were on a streak. They had lost eight eight of ten before they went to Canada. They go to Canada. Boom, three wins in a row. I don't know if Sidney Crosby just feels better when he's in Canada. He gets that gold medal mojo once he crosses the border. But whatever happened, it worked. They're back in the playoffs. They're feeling good. They've won three in a row because of that Canadian road swing, and everything is looking good for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thank you, Canada. Okay, Nashville, this is the kind of a short and sweet one. Uh, they're super thankful for Matt Duchesne, who's had just an unreal season. He's got 12 goals. I think he's put him in the top five for goals this year, 19 points. He's playing really well. And his line mate, teammate, Granlund, also has 19 points. So they're clicking. They're firing in all cylinders. They're – lighting the world on fire and they're doing really well. Um, Yeah. And then I would also piggyback on that with Nashville. They're thankful for juice sorrow. So it's not often that you get rid, not rid of, but you lose uh, a franchise goaltender who's been your your rock for a decade, decade and a half. And you get able to pick right up with the next guy up. And that's what they did when they lost Pekka Renee. And now juice sorrow is looking every bit as good. So um, things are, things are looking pretty good in Nashville. I'll piggyback the goaltender. I'm going to go to Philadelphia. I think they should be thankful that Carter Hart is back. You know, they didn't invest a lot in Carter Hart, but they gave him a little bit of money. He, he had a great season two years ago. He kind of set the world on fire, as Tim likes to say. He he kind of changed the way people were thinking about Philadelphia. Oh, they never had a good goaltender. Then Carter Hart came in, solidified everything. Then last year happened. And I was like, who is this kid? What happened to the old Carter Hart? Well, he's back. He's playing well. He, his record doesn't show for it to date he's five and four but his numbers are numbers are getting better i think martin jones has had a positive impact on him he's he's been able to take the pressure off of him a little bit martin jones has been playing well but the fact that carter hart is the goaltender that they thought he was when they signed him a few years back that has to be a huge sigh of relief for everybody in philadelphia if he can continue this play and continue to play strong it's it just takes so much pressure off of everybody involved. If Carter Hart is a bad goaltender like he was last year, it changes the whole dynamic of Philadelphia. So the fact that he's back, they can just trust Carter Hart, 
throw them out there. You know, you're going to not give up a bad goal every game. It's just very refreshing to see him back. So that's what they should be thankful for. Carter Hart, just being Carter Hart again, being the goalie that we know and love. The goaltender who's going to make a nice save every once in a while, who's not going to let in a beach ball every game. So thank you, Carter Hart. I'm thankful that you're back. Back in the Olympic goaltender conversation too, which is nice because Canada needs that. They really do. Go ahead. Sam. Okay. What's your last one? Or you got a couple I, more. I have two more. Uh, I'm going to go to St. Louis next. And they're thankful for their GM, Doug Armstrong. Um, and here's why. They had, you know, their their superstar goal scorer, their star winger, Tarasenko, was kind of making some some comments about not wanting to be with the team. He thought he was going to get traded. He had the injury he was dealing with. Armstrong said, you know, hold on. Let's be patient. Let's, let's wait this out. We're bringing him back. And Tarasenko's having a great season. He's got 16 points already. He traded for Buchnevich. He signed Brandon Saad. They're doing really well. They have 10 and 9 points each. This is the deep team. Jordan Cairo is, is leading the team with points. He's looking really, really good, almost out of nowhere. Um, they're looking like a dangerous team. I, I, I would almost call them a wagon, and I think they're looking really good. Um, and I think a lot of it has to, you know, you got to give credit to Doug Armstrong for the moves he's made this year. I hate your sayings. Um, I'm moving on to the New Jersey Devils. How do you win championships, Tim? Strength down the middle and on the back end. I've said that. New Jersey is is definitely listening to the podcast because they're doing that. And, you know, you're not seeing the results of it now. It will take some time for these young players to grow and to be the best players of their position. But I, I think you're starting to see the fruits of their investments. Nico Hirschire is there. I know Hughes is injured, but he's shown signs. They got a they got a nice fourth line centerman, McLeod, and they got this young kid Mercer who is rounding out their second line. The centermen are there for New Jersey. As bad as it's been this year, as, as much struggling as they, they've had, I feel like the potential is there. You get Mackenzie Blackwood between the pipes, you get Dougie Hamilton, you got friend of the show, Ryan Graves. The the you, you you can see the seeds starting to blossom in New Jersey. And they're still small, but you keep watering them. You keep getting them in the sunlight. They will grow and grow and grow. And New Jersey should be a good team in a few years. And that's what Ryan Graves said when we had him on the show. He said, might not be this year, but there's a lot of young kids there, and they're all really good. And they are chomping at the bit. Some would say they're hungry. So they're starting. And they're starting in the right spot, down the middle and on the back end. I like what New Jersey's doing. They should be thankful for listening to the podcast. You know, it's not rocket science. If you want to have success in the NHL, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you get your iPhone or your wherever you get your podcast from, and you listen to our show, and you will succeed. That is a promise. That is a guarantee. That's a stone cold guarantee, my friends. Who's your last one, Tim? My last one is the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they were sitting third in their division and they are especially thankful for their even strength performance, especially the offense, because here's why they have the second worst penalty kill in the league. The only team that's worse than them is the Vancouver Canucks, which is a total train wreck. So Vancouver, I mean, Winnipeg has got some things to figure out on the penalty kill and the shorthanded side of things, but despite those struggles, they're still scoring in bunches and they're third in their division. So they're looking really good, but they got to figure that out. So I, for them to do well in the playoffs, you have to be able to kill penalties. And right now they're, they're hovering around like 62%, something like that. 65.3, which is, which is not good. 
everyone should be thankful for Vancouver because they can always say, well, we're not last. That's Vancouver. <laughs> we, don't so have the best, we don't have the worst power play. Oh, it's Vancouver. We don't have the worst power play. Well, that's Vancouver. <laughs> it's really funny. And I, uh, in that same vein, I'm going to move on to the New York Islanders, a Stanley cup contender entering this season. I think the only thing that they should be thankful for is their nice new rink. You know, there was huge question marks. Where will the Islanders move, move up, move to, where will they end up? They they kind of played around in Brooklyn for a little bit. That was a complete epic failure. That rink in Brooklyn is not a hockey arena. I played there. It's an absolute basketball arena that they tried to jam a hockey rink into. It just didn't work. I'm glad they left Brooklyn. I'm glad they're back on Long Island. That new rink, from all accounts, is beautiful. They did a good job. So I think they should be thankful for that. The team will find its footing. They'll, they'll find their way into the playoffs eventually. I think even in this really difficult metropolitan division, I think the Islanders will be there at the end of the day, but for now, be thankful that you're going to stay in long Island. You got a passionate fan base. I don't think they get their due, how great their fans are. Every single game it's rocking in there. The fans are always rowdy. It's a good place to play. And they got a nice shiny new rink to kind of put a stamp on the fact that they're going to be in long Island for a long, long time, Tim. That's it. That's it. Who should the, the listeners put all their money on? today tim what's what's the shoe in of the week for you well as you know i'm on a two two bet streak right now and i'm gonna try to finish strong here with the holiday weekend coming up there's a game tonight toronto is playing in la toronto's favored but not by much they're minus 171 i'm picking them just to win outright i'm not going to try to guess the goals i'm never good with that but i'm going to bet on toronto winning tonight in la i never know what that means 171 who cares what the odds are if you're just going to pick Toronto? Does it, ma- does it mean you're not going to win as much? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You should do it to maximize your money. Try to find a game where you can make a lot of money. You're a good gambler. Figure it out. Tim. Okay. Uh, how about uh, the coyote, Coyotes over the Oilers tonight? You want to make a lot of money there? How much? What's the odds? They are um, plus 180 to win. So if I bet $100 on Coyotes, I'll win 180 Yep. That's what you're saying. I'm not doing that bet because I think Edmonton's going to win. They did, they lost against Dallas, like you said, the other night. So I think they're going to come back. They will be very angry. And the Arizona Coyotes will pay. Although Arizona has been playing good of late. I think they're on a two-game win streak. No, maybe they lost um, to Calgary. But they've been playing they, well of late. They won three out of four at one point. I think they yes. might have lost their last game. So three out and of five. And you were arguing with me of why I didn't put them in the bottom three. Shame on you. Shame They're on still, you. you. They are in the bottom three. You still put them there. Not worst. <laughs> okay. Well, there's always Seattle Vancouver. And, over Seattle and Vancouver. There's always Vancouver. There's always thankful. I'm thankful for Vancouver, baby. When in doubt, Vancouver's the worst. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you guys are thankful for a lot of things. We're thankful for you guys listening to the podcast. We really appreciate the support and the listens. It means a lot to us. Go out there. Have a good Thanksgiving if you're in the USA. If you're in Canada, you know, have a good uh, weekend. We're not going to do a show on Friday because it's the holidays. We'll see you guys next week on Monday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.